With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out the website over at adzsports.com slash Dallas. And then remember that Primetime, as always, is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. We'll talk about the Mazda CX-30 Carbon Edition. But before we do any of that, let's talk about the Cowboys linebackers. And let's talk about Damon Clark. Because, man, how crazy is it that Clark had that debut for the Dallas Cowboys? Like, Let's just really think about it. At one point, when the Cowboys drafted him in the third round, not, excuse me, the third day of the NFL draft, that was in the fifth round out of LSU, we didn't even know if we were going to see Clark at all in 2022. We kind of expected not to be able to watch him play. Maybe there was some optimism here and there, but with a neck surgery after the combine, we just didn't know what to expect. And I think that most of us were not even qualified to have an educated opinion on the matter. But the Cowboys still drafted him on day three of the NFL draft. They liked what they had in him. And then even they said that they were not sure about him playing at all this year. And it's not like he's joining the Cowboys in late November or December or ahead of the playoffs. No. He joined the team in week eight, and he was thrown into the fire by the Dallas Cowboys because Anthony Barr was dealing with a hamstring injury, and the Cowboys did not hesitate to replace their starter with rookie Damon Clark. No matter that uh, they have Jabril Cox, who's been longer with the team, no matter that they have uh, Michael Parsons, who can really just flex back into the linebacker group and do his thing out of the second level. No, they just trusted the rookie. And even better, the rookie delivered for the Cowboys. Because even though uh, maybe he didn't light up the stat sheet or maybe he didn't make a lot of big-time plays or at least noticeable plays, his his game was pretty solid for Dallas. He, he had a positive... Uh, the view with the Dallas Cowboys, he made the tackles. He made about seven tackles total. He was among the, the team's leaders in that category, even though he didn't play the full game. And honestly, he just felt uh, it, it just felt like he was confident out there. We didn't see him make any mistake. We didn't point to, to one single play and thought, oh, yeah, that's rookie Damon Clark for you. That's his rookie moment. That never happened during the game against the Chicago Bears. And keep in mind, keep in mind that this isn't, a basic 
running team that you were facing. This is a Chicago Bears squad that likes to do a lot of things, a lot of movement in their running game, a lot of pullers, a lot of read option stuff with Justin Fields, a lot of quarterback keepers. Yet Damon Clark always appeared to be up to the situation. And I thought that was pretty impressive. But then there's the next thing. The next thing why I am excited about Clark and what's ahead for him with the Dallas Cowboys defense. And that didn't happen exactly on Sunday. It happened during the week when Mike McCarthy said that Damon Clark provided the Cowboys with some position flex. That was an eyebrow-raising comment from Mike McCarthy. Because what we love, and we have talked about this at length here on Primetime, what we love about the Dan Queen defense is that it really has hybrid players. You really see defensive ends working as interior defensive linemen. You really see defensive ends beyond Michael Parsons dropping back into coverage. You see linebackers getting up to the defensive line and mugging the defensive line and really just threatening to rush the passer from them. Even guys like Leighton Vanderish, who occasionally would, what, will walk up to the center and really demand his attention. And there's just a lot of movement from the Cowboys' defense. And to have yet another player that can provide that versatility, that's exactly what you want, in my opinion. Now, what did Damon, uh, what did McCarthy, excuse me, meant when saying that Damon Clark provided the Cowboys with position flex? What did he mean exactly? And I was watching some tape this morning when it became pretty evident to me that he did mean in a pass rush kind of way. I, that's my theory, at least. My question for me to you is, do you want Clark rushing the passer? Yes or no, moving forward. Not, not full time, just do you want to see the rookie involved in pass rush situations? And here's the moment that I'm thinking about of the game. He only had one pass rush snap. Only in one snap all game long did Clark got the opportunity to go after the Bears quarterback. And in that one opportunity, he went ahead and got himself a quarterback pressure. You will see him lined up versus the left tackle here on the clip that I am about to play. That is uh, Damon Clark in the fourth quarter. They try to cut block him. And then he gets to the quarterback. Uh, doesn't get the sack, but he generates the pressure that results in a sack. So... Demarcus Lawrence owns him there for that one. Let's see some of your answers here. Do you want to see him uh, rushing the passer? Six to Midnight says yes. Uh, Bruce says sure. Gregory goes with yes. Jameson Taylor also goes with yes. Bruce says if he is faster than Micah, then send it. Uh, I will tell you what. I love, I love just uh, how fast Clark is. Right now, I'm not sure I am betting on anybody being faster than, than Michael Parsons. Uh, spare me the 40-yard dash numbers I, because I really don't know who has a faster 40. Uh, but just on the playing field, I refuse to believe that somebody can be as fast as Micah. Uh, in all seriousness, when the game ended, I don't know if you guys saw that sounds from the sideline video from the Cowboys, uh, but one moment that I absolutely loved was Justin Fields 
telling Michael Parsons, you're, you're faster than me, dude. Like, respect. I, I was not trying to beat you to the edge or anything like that. I was trying to really play with your aggressiveness. Along those lines, Justin Fields talking to Micah post-game. I thought that was pretty epic. Him just fully acknowledging that Micah was faster than him. I thought that was a pretty cool moment to see uh, on that voice. Uh, sounds from the sideline video. Uh, that's very true. So six to midnight. Parsons was not known for pass rushing. And look at him. Uh, yes, sir, Gilbert. Yes, Dallas needs depth for a good playoff run, says Joseph. And my answer would also be yes. I would love to see Clark getting involved in more of these situations. I think that what makes Dan Quinn's defense great is that it really just keeps offenses guessing. It keeps pass protection units guessing. Uh, we have seen several instances in which maybe it's Donovan Wilson or maybe it's Jaron Kears, or maybe it's Leighton Vanderish. They walk up to the line of scrimmage, and they really limit what the offensive line can do. Because if you want to slide towards the left, for example, and you want to generate some movement up front with that in pass pro and really help out the, the side of the offense that needs helping out, but then you get a fifth man on the line then you got to go in man protection, right? You got to go one for one, five versus five. And that's tough to do when all of these guys can rush and all of them can also drop back into coverage. And then you're left not blocking anybody. And the Cowboys have managed to do so time and time again. The, the Cowboys do, for example, something that I think has been pretty amazing to watch consistently on third and long situations, on snaps where you know that the offense is not running the football they will load up one side of the offensive line with defenders. So they will get uh, two or three defensive ends on one side of the, of the defense and really just have one guy on the other side, uh, from the center to the, to the opposite side. And they will leave those gaps unaccounted for because they know that the opposing team will be throwing the football. And then you will see like three offensive linemen that are not blocking anybody because the Cowboys are running stunts and they are isolating their tackles with Michael Parsons or the Marcus Lawrence, but they do so at such a consistent level that is crazy. That uh, it's crazy that, that offenses cannot figure out how to attack that defensive front from the Cowboys because of how versatile they are. So if you can add Damon Clark to that conversation, by all means, go ahead and do so. I am all I am all for it, and I think that's what Mike McCarthy meant. When saying position flex, I think that uh, he means getting him involved in the pass rush as well. Toxic Tom says, I would much rather have a linebacker who is a sure tackler, has great lateral quickness, and can diagnose running lanes at this moment, says Toxic Tom. Well, Clark might fit that bill. I do think that I do think that the, the Cowboys linebackers are getting a little bit of a bad rap. Uh, not saying that they couldn't use a better linebacker. That's definitely a position that they could upgrade, especially since uh, Micah is spending very little time as a linebacker with the Cowboys. He is not a linebacker for Dallas. Uh, I think that a more accurate way to define what Parsons is doing right now is he's playing defensive end, and he will occasionally drop back into coverage. And rarely will he line up as a regular box linebacker for for Dallas that's what we've seen this season 
Now, they could use that upgrade, and I know that plenty of people wanted to trade for Roquan Smith or, or somebody like that. But I also think that the current linebackers are getting a lot of, of, of hate. I think that Leighton Van Der Esch is not nearly as bad as some people make him out to be. Uh, the same goes for Anthony Barr, honestly. And we saw once more Anthony Barr uh, go down injured and then Clark stepping up for him and really living up to the hype. Unlike, for example, Jarrell Cox. Uh, Jarrell Cox has been either on inactive or he has been limited to special team snaps. And that's a big difference. The way that they treated Jabril Cox and the way that they treated Damon Clark in his first ever active game. Heck, in his first full week of practice game, right? But anyways, let's talk a little bit about Leighton Vanderish here. Let's move on to the other linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. I wanted to talk a, a little bit about this. I wanted to see how you guys feel about it. Truth or false, Leighton Vanderish has been disrespected by Cowboys Nation. And while I give you that answer, uh, while I sent that question in the chat, and before I give you my full answer, let me give you a little bit of a quick update in case you are not watching. But the Houston Texans are tied with the Philadelphia Eagles 14 to 14. So maybe there is some, uh, maybe there is some hope in there. Uh, before I give you my answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. The ride of the week is the 2023 Mazda CX-30 Carbon Edition. Let me talk to you about this one because it starts at $30,290. It's got all-wheel drive, auto climate control, sunroof, heated leather memory power sitting. It's got a blind spot monitor for your safety. And of course, a miles per gallon capacity of 24 when you are in the city. That goes up to 31 when you are in the highway. Make sure that you check out this vehicle over at FreemanMazda.net. Because remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. A family-owned business for over 65 years. You get an A-plus customer service. And of course, a very friendly website over at FreemanMazda.net. Make sure you check that out. Uh, the 2023 Mazda CX-30 Carbon Edition is worth checking out those pictures, man, because it's a beautiful, beautiful car. Let's see uh, your answers here. Let's see how we feel about Leighton Van Der Esch collectively. Toxic Tom says 100,000% truth. Brian Smith says true. Gregory says yes. LBE slows the rundown sometimes, says uh, 602 here over at YouTube. Mark Aaron says true. Bruce says, but deserved at times. I love this comparison. Toxic, I think you nailed it. I think you kind of nailed it. I will. I, I think you did. Toxic Tom says, LVE is the Connor Williams of the defense. I like that comparison a lot. I would say he's just a little bit better than what Connor Williams was over the last few years, especially because of the penalties. You don't see Leighton Van Der Esch killing his unit with penalties, which was the issue with Connor Williams, even though he was a starting caliber player. And that's the thing about Leighton Van Der Esch. Here's the thing about the hate against LBE. I get it. 
it's a position that you would like the Cowboys to get an upgrade for. It's a position that you look at and you say, we could have a better middle linebacker. We definitely could. But then you get some of these comments that Banderish doesn't belong on the field or that maybe he's uh, just downright terrible. I don't think that is the case. Sometimes you see that he uh, consistently misses the gaps that he needs to fill. I also think that that doesn't show up on tape as much as people say. Uh, it will show up even twice a game sometimes, but that's kind of what happens in an NFL game. It's like when people have these unrealistic expectations of Patrick Mahomes never missing a pass or Josh Allen never missing a pass, for example, or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I think that Leighton Banderish, here's what I would describe him as. He is a starting caliber linebacker for a defense that feels confident using him as a player in coverage that they will run in deep zones. They will feel confident playing Tampa too, which is not very common in the NFL. Uh, you will see a lot of coverage too, but you, you won't see every defensive coordinator trusting their middle linebacker to run that deep downfield and stay with wide receivers sometimes because Leighton Vanderish sometimes does that step for step. And you will see Vanderish sometimes really flying through some of the gaps. You will see him stay disciplined, which is what you want out of your Mike linebacker. And you will see him be a big time communicator for this team because Jaron Kears might wear that green dot as Dan Queen has talked about before in the season and even last year. But Van Der Esch is actually a guy that communicates a lot with the team. And you see that consistently play in and play out. He's talking to the defensive line. He's adjusting the guys. He's talking to everyone. He's a huge reason why the Cowboys are successful on defense in that aspect. And he, in my opinion, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes as, as some people will say. Some people will tell you that Leighton Van Der Esch is always in the ground gap. And I don't think uh, that is the case at all. Now, he will get out physical in some situations. He will maybe get caught off guard when there's a crack block. You, you see him there in the screen in Tampa 2 coverage, for example. Uh, he will get a little bit blindsided here and there when, when a receiver is running a crack block to the second level. Maybe you will see him really uh, lose himself when there's a lot of traffic. And in the screen, you're seeing both good plays and bad plays. That's one of them, for example, with the, with the traffic stuff. But overall, you see a guy that gets to his gap, that gets to where he should be. And I know that he can be better. I, I know that uh, the Cowboys could have a better middle linebacker. But is he a guy that is costing you games? Is he a guy that you can't have success with on defense? Heck no. And as I said, we're seeing both good plays and bad plays here uh, from Leighton Vanderish. This is the one from the fumble, if I'm not mistaken. Which, by the way, is a, is a great play by Leighton Vanderish. He punches that ball out, and then Micah ends up returning it to the for the touchdown. He almost tackles Micah there. I, I will give you that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he thought they were going to celebrate or what, uh, but he, he almost brings down Micah Parsons on that fumble return. But overall, man, I think that I think that we we we're seeing a a good season out of Leighton Vanderish. And then there's this: he's fourth on the team on splash plays, according to Bob Storm from the Athletic, 
who keeps together a very, very nice record of splash plays. And those guys that are up front, uh, those are your Michael Parsons, your defensive linemen that get credit for tackles for loss and all of that are more often than second level players. But Leighton Van Der Esch is out there doing what he needs to do. 84% of the snaps participation for LBE. That is among the highest in the Dallas Cowboys. So he has a lot on his plate as well. I agree with everybody that says that the Cowboys could use a better mic. Not saying otherwise. But also to suggest that he's out there consistently missing his gaps, consistently missing assignments, cussing the Cowboys every single game. I think it's just not true. I think it's more or less just unrealistic expectations for your linebacker. It says, you all remember when he tried to pick off that pass against Atlanta and Julio Jones blasted him to Toxic Tom? Man, Jeff Hit, I, I don't know where Jeff Hit came from in the comments, but I will tell you what, I enjoyed watching him play. Toxic Tom says, you could do a lot worse than LBE in the NFL. And that kind of brings me back to that point of what I said about the quarterbacks. I think that sometimes as NFL fans, and I've been guilty of this too, but when you are rooting so hard for one team and you're watching every single game of your favorite team, but you don't really watch the rest of the NFL with the same eyes, maybe you watch the games. I'm not saying that you don't, but uh, maybe when you, when you watch them with different eyes, because that's not your team anymore, you start to realize that, uh, that yeah, as, as Toxic Tom said, you could do a lot worse. Leighton Vanderish is a starting caliber linebacker in the NFL. He might not be a pro bowler. He might not be an all pro kind of player. He might not be what we thought he was in 2018 when he surprised us all in his rookie season. But that guy's having a good season. Thomas Williams says LV is having a good season. Okay, you obviously don't know what you're talking about, says Thomas. Hey, I respect I respect Thomas' opinion here. Not going to uh, really get into a heated debate at, out here. I'm just saying that's what I saw on tape. I saw LV saying disciplined with his assignments, mostly. Will he miss his gap here and there? Sure. Just like every other linebacker will against opposing offensive lines that like to generate a lot of movement. Is his missed tackle percentage quite low? Yeah, it is. Is his stop numbers quite decent when compared to the rest of linebackers in the NFL? Yep, they are. Is he good in coverage and you can ask him to do a lot of stuff in coverage like running Tampa two zones? Yep, you can. So yeah, I think that I think that Banderich is really getting disrespected by Cowboys Nation. And maybe that's because, <laughs> shout out to Thomas Williams. He says, you have no idea how to evaluate the linebacker position then. Simple as that. Man, all right, that's fair. <laughs> LB is the Wolf Hunter and great show. The man, respect. Hey, shout out to Joe Wilson. I appreciate you. I feel confident with, why I, with what I see on tape, Right. And I'm showing it to you, actually, with the videos that we were looking at. Both good plays and bad plays. He's playing good football, man. He's playing good football. Maybe our hunger for an old pro linebacker sometimes blinds us to not realizing it. 
It's like once more, like I compared it with recently with a quarterback position. You see, a, you see your favorite quarterback miss a football throw, and you go, "Oh, Patrick Mahomes would never miss that." And then Patrick Mahomes goes out on Sunday and throws three turnover-worthy plays uh, because that's what what life is like in the NFL. LV is playing a lot better these years. Is Dexter Williams? Joel says that Banderich is his favorite player. Uh, Hater's gonna hate. Says KM. He doesn't even make basic linebacker run reads. Good football man. You're hilarious, man. Okay. Hear me out. Just last last one that I will read from Thomas, man. Last one that I will read, I promise. It is way more hilarious. It is way more outrageous to suggest that Leighton Van Der Esch doesn't make basic linebacker run reads than to suggest that he's having a good season. Somebody tell me that is not correct. It is ridiculous, in my opinion to suggest that he doesn't make basic linebacker uh, run reads, which are, you know, out there in every single snap pretty much that he plays, than to suggest that he's not playing good football. To me, someone that comes out and says that about Leighton Vanderich, that he doesn't make basic linebacker run reads, I would say watch the games, not even the tape. Just the game, the TV broadcast angle, if you want. That's just my opinion on what we have seen from Leighton Van Der Esch. And I feel pretty confident with that one. Toxic Tom says, I think that people don't realize how talent depleted the NFL really is. And I think that's, um, I think that's a good point, though, from, from Toxic Tom. I do think that we have this weird kind of benchmark for who's good and who's not. And when we talk about having an average player and that being okay with the way rosters are built in the NFL. That's an, that's a concept that I think many of us should accept the fact that you will have average starters in, in your team. And that's going to be okay. That's, that's how you build an NFL team. You're not going to have superstars at every single position, right? Toxic Tom says, Mo, some fans just hate certain players like LBE, Anthony Brown and Tyler Biotish. Biotish, who, by the way, also having a good season. They could ball out and people would still say that they suck. Yeah, and I think that's kind of mostly kind of some uh, sort of bias towards wanting to have better players, as I, as I said, which is okay once more. Mark says, Banderesh cost that fumble that Parsons picked up and was jumped over. Yeah, man, I, I don't think that anyone thought that Banderesh had that had that one up, that Parsons had that one and was still in progress. The play LV has a neck problem, says 602. Peter Rizzo says LV is playing not to screw this up instead of being aggressive, says Peter Rizzo. And I will tell you what, I, I actually thought when watching the tape in some of the plays that we were are looking at earlier, when you see him make some of these mistakes, you see him be maybe a little bit over aggressive, and maybe that has a lot to do with, with, the, with the way that. The Cowboys play defense and what Dan Quinn has wanted to instill, install as a defensive philosophy for, for the Cowboys unit. But that's one of the things that you wouldn't know just from watching the tape, right? You would have to have a, a little bit of a better knowledge as to what Dan Quinn wants from his players. But I think that sometimes when they're caught off guard, you see them be a little bit too more, too aggressive at times and maybe attack some of the gaps 
uh, pretty quickly, right? But yeah, overall, I would say Van Der is having a good season. I think that he's getting a little bit disrespected. I understand. I understand the 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 hunger for a better linebacker. But make no mistake about it. He's having a good season. Plus, you know, if he really was that terrible and he really couldn't read basic run reads, right? Do you really think the Cowboys would have? Forget about a good run defense specifically because we can have that argument another day. And the Cowboys have struggled against the run, especially against the Bears and uh, the Lions and the Eagles over the past three games. But would the Cowboys have a good defense, period? No. You can't have a you can't have a good defense in the NFL if your linebacker cannot make basic run reads. That's not that doesn't even make sense, right? And sometimes, like the one that 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 that, that play that we just saw at the end there, sometimes you will see him make some athletic plays as well, which is kind of crazy. And of course, we're not talking about the contract, but then maybe that's a plus when you look at the contract and what the Cowboys are playing are paying him. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Anyways, moving on. Kind of a feel-good show about the linebackers, I think. Wanted to talk about that position because it's one of the most scrutinized plays right now around the NFL. Let's take a look at one free agent that's out there that was waived this very week by the Seattle Seahawks that I would love the Cowboys to target. I would love the Cowboys targeting cornerback Sidney Jones out of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he was waived. He cleared the waivers, which was a big-time surprise for me. I thought that he was going to get claimed. I thought that the Cincinnati Bengals, for example, were a team that could claim Sidney Jones out of waivers because Chidobia Awuzie, in case you hadn't heard, uh, season-ending injury for Awuzie, who has been one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL this season before the injury. Unfortunately, he will not play anymore. But I thought that maybe the Bengals could be in the in the market for Sidney Jones. I think that the Cowboys could also benefit from picking him up. It would be more of a depth move. I, I wouldn't throw him in into the starting lineup. But Sidney Jones was pretty much, you know, weighed by the Seahawks, not because of his play, not because he was struggling on the field. It was more about the fact that he got injured in the offseason, in training camp, preseason, uh, he missed some time. And while he missed some time, the Seahawks had rookie Michael Jackson emerge. They had Trey Brown coming back from injury. They had Art Burns as well, playing out good football for them. So Sidney Jones just really missed his spot. He lost it. And it was because the other guys were playing surprisingly well. So out of nowhere, he didn't have a real role with the Seattle Seahawks. Now they waived him. And this is a guy that has played slot, the slot position. Uh, he did that as a rookie in 2018. He's also played wide cornerback, uh, outside cornerback in 2019, 2020. I just think that that's a player that you would like to grab because of his position flex in case things do not work out as you want them to work out with uh, with. Players like uh, Deron Bland, who looked decent in his first start now with the Cowboys. Uh, number 26 had somewhat of a mixed bag of results. Even in, the, in that play, I was looking at the, at the game earlier. Even on that play that he breaks up the, the pass 
in the corner of the end zone, even on that one, you saw Deron Bland get a little bit burnt. He's running like five yards apart from, from his guy at one point in the play. He just catches up with it uh, because Justin Fields, or maybe it was Mooney who missed, made the mistake. I thought that that was a little bit on both of them. Uh, but yeah, mixed back of results for for Deron Bland. Maybe you want a little bit of insurance in there. Kelvin Joseph got in for one play, played in the slot, and kind of got burnt as well. He gave up heavy leverage to the outside and got and got burnt on the in-breaking route. So I think that the Cowboys really do not have an answer at, at cornerback and maybe adding some competition in there like they did with the Sheffield signing uh, would be good for this football team. So I, I would love for them to get Sidney Jones. That's a name to monitor over the, the next few days. Was that back on the halftime show, so 6 to midnight? I didn't see. Uh, I didn't catch that. Uh, it might have been. Wouldn't be surprised. Let's go, Texans. This is Tommy915. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. Toxic Tom says, okay, above average. I think we're splitting hairs here. Yeah, and that's pretty much my point. You, you can feel, uh, regarding Leighton Bandersh, you can feel like he's not it. You, you, you can feel like uh, Bandersh is not a long-term solution, but to suggest that he can play football at a, at a starting caliber level, to me, is kind of outrageous, honestly. But okay, before we get out of here, this is a question for me to you guys. Uh, more than a question, let's talk a little bit about some of these top-tier games. What game are you prioritizing watching on Sunday night, or on Sunday, excuse me, when the Cowboys do not play? <laughs> Shout out to Thomas Williams, who's apparently defending Darren Blanton, Kelvin Joseph, having some struggles. Shout out to Thomas Williams, number one primetime fan here. Uh, <laughs> more toxic than toxic, Tom, honestly, I think, right now. What game are you prioritizing watching on Sunday as the Dallas Cowboys get ready for a bye week? You, you have some interesting games, by the way, around the NFL. You've got the Minnesota Vikings facing the Washington Commanders. That's one of the, of the games that I would love to see because I think that I want some answers. You know, the Vikings are 6-1, but they're also 5-0 in, in one-score games. And they have this situation in terms of efficiency in which they are the 18th best team in the NFL per football outsiders, DBOA. They have a fun run offense. I want to see how that matches up against the commander's defense. There's a reason why the commanders are only three-point underdogs as the home team. I think we could see a little bit of that. Um, we could see a little bit of that uh, question that we've had about the Minnesota Vikings. How real are they? answer it on Sunday, even though that's the commanders, even though that's not a great team anyways, but I think that we could get some answers there if it goes south uh, for, for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm Sigmo, so my toxic levels need to be lower. This is Toxic Tom. Hope that you get better, man. Vikings is Gregory. Man, a lot of people have that one in their radar. When Leighton Van Der Esch gets cut by Dallas, he will not start another down in the NFL, says Thomas. Remake since we are playing them next, says Mark. That's always a very solid answer. The Green Bay Packers with a tough game for them, too. They're playing the Detroit Lions, and man, the Packers are not in a good spot right now. So even the Lions are a dangerous team for them, especially 
because the Packers' biggest strength on defense has to be edge rusher Rashan Gary. And they're going up against Panay Sewell over at right tackle. That is one of the best matchups we will see all week. Gary versus Sewell. I want to see that one uh, because I think that the Lions have a legit chance at beating the Packers. And that could be fun. Gilbert says, if the World Series is on, that's what I will be watching. Is there a game on Sunday? For Yeah, there should be a game because uh, that would be game seven, actually. That would be game seven, Gilbert. So I agree with you there. Go Houston just for tonight, says John Sullivan. Yeah, go go Astros, though. Go Astros. Not 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 baseball, Houston. I, I'm okay with, with baseball, Houston losing. Box Rams should be good. So six to midnight. Something has to give, right? That would be the label for that game, I believe. Something has to give, and I think that it will be the Bucs. I think that the 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 Ella, excuse me, that it will be the Rams because I think that the Bucs will end up winning that one. Let, let's see. Not gonna lie, Mo. The game that I want to watch is Bama versus LSU. Really? Because I'm I'm I'm, I'm always excited about Bama versus LSU. I love that rivalry. But also, that's not the that wouldn't be the SEC game I would be looking at on Saturday. I mean, they're at different times. I would be looking at Tennessee versus Georgia. Those those volunteers, man, they are on fire. And they're eight-point underdogs versus Georgia. That is crazy. That's the number one team in the country visiting the number three team in the country. Uh, so that's that's the college game that I am looking forward to this weekend. I want that Tennessee wide, Tennessee wide receiver, Hyatt. Hyatt has been amazing uh, for the Bulls this, this season. I agree with that. Georgia-Tennessee will be the best game. Let's be honest. Toxic. Oh, yeah. Six to midnight. I agree with you. Vikings versus Washington. Brian Smith says, I bet that he does. Uh, I think that's uh, for the for the Leighton Vanders comment from earlier. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you guys enjoy your weekend. That will be it for me tonight. I will see you again on Sunday night, 8 p.m. Central. As always, make sure that you check out Skywalker Steel in the morning. Check out the podcast feed as well. Mark says that the Lions will beat the Packers. That would be nice. Man, could you imagine if on Sunday night we gather around here and the Eagles are no longer undefeated? For those of you watching the replay, you might, you might be laughing at me. But as of right now, the game is tied at 14 at halftime. So wouldn't that be fun? I am willing to sacrifice my survivor. Because in my survivor league, there are three of us that still, that, that still survive. And I've got the Eagles for this week. I put down the Eagles. I'm running out of teams. I'm sorry. But I'm willing to sacrifice it. I'm willing to lose that survivor even though there's three of us at the moment you know how to stop that rpo you hit the quarterback on every play we just saw desmond king blast <laughs> blast jalen hurts earlier in the game before we even got live here on primetime 
anyways enjoy enjoy your your thursday night enjoy your weekend and i will see you all on sunday 8 p.m central primetime as always brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net nos vemos el domingo adios tengan un buen fin de semana bye bye